Namaste to all of you. I'm glad to be with you here in this satsang. It appears that for me at least, this is the last satsang of 2021. And I have been asked appropriately to tell you something about the end of the year and what we do as yogis in the end of the year, but also to draw some conclusions to look back at 2021 and to look forward at 2022 and to analyze, to draw a conclusion of all this. And uh, of course, um, in the strictly spiritual yoga, if you speak look back at one year and you say, what have I done in 2021? What have I done with my life in 2021? What have I accomplished? How much did I fulfill from my dharma, from my meaning in this world, from my goals in life? But on the other hand, we as yogis look individually at ourselves and I'm not capable to answer those questions for you because you have to look into your own hearts, you have to look into your own lives and to see if 2021 was a time of progress, of change, of growth, of transformation for you. For some of you, it has been a year with a lot of spiritual tests and you have passed some of those tests and perhaps you have failed a few tests that will have to be passed again, that will have to be approached again. And all is part of the great picture of evolution. In yoga, we agree upon the fact that we are souls, part of the universal, parts of the universal soul, like drops separated from an ocean, and that we are in a process generally called evolution. And in this evolution, we go from individuality, lack of personality, ego, transcending of the ego and eventually to spiritual states of consciousness where we slowly, slowly come home, where we slowly, slowly reunite exactly by the definition of yoga. We, there is union. And this union is something which we in yoga believe that can be acquired practically. As practical yogis, there are states of consciousness which manifest, and this is the goal of evolution. In yoga, I'm speaking this for those of you who are not strictly part of Agama at the time of watching this satsang, just to mention in which framework we stand, we think that all the souls on this planet are on the path of their evolution. Some souls 
are closer to monkeys and some souls are closer to the superhuman levels of evolution. This is not being said in any discriminative or racistic way. It has nothing to do with the color of the skin or the gender or religion or other such things because we have had enlightened souls in all the parts of the world, in various cultures and religions, and we have primitive human beings, very primitive human beings, in every culture, in every country. It's the whole humanity, it's a mixture of evolved souls and less evolved souls in a salad, in a cocktail, and these people evolve side by side, exactly as you have children who are in the first grade, and they learn to read and write, and you have students in the university which are learning about calculus or high-level algebra or other such teachings of mathematics, physics, science, medicine, and others. Therefore, everybody is learning, but everybody is learning something else, because there are many, many levels of evolution. Because of this, we can agree from the very beginning that 2021 has been a year of evolution. And exactly like in school, some people did better, And some people did not so good. And the school continues. This school started when life appeared on earth. And this school will continue for as long as there will exist life on planet earth. The planet earth is a school. It is the location where souls incarnate as trees, as animals, as humans, or as whatever, to go to school. And thus, when people ask me, how was 2021? First of all, I tend to think at it from the standpoint of the schooling system. I have seen around me, here, a lot of people practicing spirituality very seriously. I have seen people subjected to serious tests by Mother Nature, by the Providence, by the Cosmic Consciousness. I have seen some people more successful at it. I have seen some people encountering difficulties. And of course, this is not happening only in a yoga school, In a yoga school, at least, we try to be conscious that we are in such a process and we look upon everything as part of the process of evolution. The same process of evolution happens on the planet Earth to all the souls on this planet, humans and not only, but humans at least have the capacity to evaluate it, to analyze it, to think about it, to reason about it. And it happens also to animals and to the whole life on this planet. Each species is evolving 
in its own way, in its own rhythm. And therefore, of course, we know for sure that this process of evolution has been on for everybody. The process of evolution, when it is not conscious and deliberate, it very often can be painful. We are, for example, confronted since a couple of years with something which is labeled an epidemic. How serious this epidemic is, if it's a real deadly disease which has culled millions of people, or if it is more or less a political joke or a manipulation, posterity will demonstrate that because there are numbers which are not lying, and as much as you can try to falsify the propaganda, to falsify things by propaganda, nevertheless, in the end, the truth will appear clearly. So, I'm not going there, because it's not about any conspiracy theory, but willy-nilly, we have to accept that the year 2020 and the year 2021 are labeled in the official history, in the records of the world, as years of a peculiar epidemic. Some people say it's nothing more serious than the flu, and the millions of people which would have died due to the flu have died due to a a new virus. It's the same factor in the end. And some people would say, no, that's not true. There is something additional that this virus has brought extra things. I'm sure statistics, numbers, science, medical science, and others will clarify this. And in 50 years, looking back to 2020 and 2021, we will know exactly the numbers. Maybe people thought that uh, the Second World War was the end of the world. Well... 60 million people died or something. That's not the end of the world, right? Today we know the exact numbers of who died, who lived, what happened, and we can look back to the Second World War with a certain dispassion because it's far, far back in time and many things are not super important right now for this generation. The same will be with this epidemic. When you look back at it from a hundred years from now, we will see how important or how unimportant it has been, how much political games, how much fake things, and how much true scientific realities have been into it. That's why my purpose now, looking back at 2021, is not to analyze this. But fact is that in these years, many people have been subjected to pressure. And even in the yoga communities, we have felt this pressure. We have seen it. Most of the yogis, if they live by the principles of their ancestors, they try to live by the principles of the yogis of yore, who said Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi, which means whatever happens, peace, be at peace, peace. No? Search for peace. Even if the world is going in the Third World War, find a quiet place somewhere in the Himalayas and aim for 
peace, the peace of Shiva, the peace of the universal consciousness, is still the goal. And Buddha, either he lives in turmoil times or he lives in peaceful times, Buddha is still looking for nirvana. The goal of the Buddha is still nirvana. So either you acquire that nirvana in the middle of the 100-year war, which happened in the medieval times, in the feudal times in Europe, or you acquire the nirvana in the time of peace, internally, it is the same thing. That's why we always advise people who are into yoga to detach themselves so much to let the world follow its ways, which sometimes are crazy and very out of balance, where too much stress, too much worry, too much anxiety, too much politics, too much manipulation, and just find their center, find their peace. It has been a beautiful observation to see that as the external society locked down, Many people found the only way to get out of this, going inside. The way out, as they said in the hippie times, the way out is in, inwards. You go in, and in this way you find a way out of the impossible circumstances outside. For some people, this sounds like a cheap escapism, that you are running away from reality into some sort of virtual, subjective thing. From the standpoint of the yogis, and from the standpoint of the Buddhists, and from the standpoint of the Christian mystics, and everybody else, this has not been at all a bad choice. This always has been the right choice. In a certain way, although I'm teaching from the middle of a tantric school, where the tantric mentality and philosophy is prevalent, nevertheless we can see a simple fact which shows that there was a lot of truth, a lot of knowledge of the human nature in the Christian mysticism, in Vedanta, in the regular Buddhism, and that is the more the world is disappointing you, the more there is a natural tendency to turn to God as a compensation. Therefore, I, as a yoga teacher, I cannot be upset that the world has been bitter and disappointing. I'm actually happy because the more disappointing and bitter the world becomes, the more my students think about reaching nirvana as the only compensation for a reality. The more the maya becomes ugly, not because maya is ugly, but because there are ugly aspects, painful aspects in this maya, the more people are searching, trying to find out, is there not something else? Can we not find something else? And yes, we can. Of course, the tantric mentality says that if you manage to find this universal consciousness, this inner peace and light, you should overflow it of the world, exactly as Buddha and Jesus and Krishna and other huge spirits of humanity, they have tried to create a better world, 
around them. They have tried to educate the people. They have tried to improve the people, to give them commandments, morality, ethics, beauty, and so on. But for those people, the first thing was, first save yourself. Buddha cannot preach the four noble truths and the path which he generated before he reached Nirvana. First, he had to reach Nirvana to know what he was talking about. And then he was able to take a compassionate attitude towards the rest of the world. That's why, as speaking from the standpoint of a yoga teacher in general, we can say that although the year 2021 has been bitter externally, there have been many restrictions Threats, anxiety, you cannot go and do anything without some green certificate or whatever they want to call it. People cannot travel so easily. There are all sorts of tensions and so on, which don't manifest too bitterly. Again, I have known people who have lived in a hundred times more bitter conditions than what was generated by this pesky virus and pesky epidemic and ridiculous reaction of many authorities and people towards it. Maybe we'll speak five minutes about this at some point because it colors the external environment in which we live. But the fact is that when people were kept indoors and when people were told you cannot go to a restaurant, many people started studying yoga Many people started doing meditation. Many people started reading philosophy. Many people started investigating themselves. Being alone more every day, it inquired people to look into themselves and to find out what they were doing. And that's why, all in all, what I'm saying is that from a spiritual standpoint, I think it has been a good year. It has been a year where people have been motivated. The people who feel depressed are people who unfortunately don't do pratyahara. They don't manage to insulate themselves from the external world enough. So it's perhaps a lesson for those people that if you live in an adverse world, could you switch off that TV? Because it blinks. It just blinks every three seconds on and on and it disturbs me. I don't need to see myself. Find the button of power and that's not the one. It's the lowest. That one. Thank you. So, um, I cannot bring myself even to the point of being sad. I'm sad in a metaphysical way what's happening to the world. I'm sad because the world shows many rotten sides of it. From the standpoint of yoga, I wish that my students would be kept locked in an ashram for the next 20 years without the capability to move out of there. So at least they know what to focus on and they know what to do with their lives. That's why From a spiritual standpoint, we cannot complain. But for some people, there has been a test 
of how much you are influenced by the external world and how much you believe in your own star, how much you believe in your own quest. Should the world fall apart, will you also fall apart because the world is falling apart? Or will you follow your star and focus on the divine consciousness of this universe? Get centered into that. And when you are strong in that, like Buddha became, then you can think about manifesting compassion, how to manifest that compassion, in which direction, to which extent, and all the rest of the issues which come from that. And that's why uh, it is natural for me that I started with uh, the spiritual the spiritual part of our quest, because this is the center. But of course, we can make a brief analysis of the environment in which we live. The world, even without this epidemic, was becoming more and more confusing. The food is getting more and more polluting. In yoga, most of us want to be vegetarian. And we say we eat vegetarian or vegan or this or that, you know. And then you discover that you eat fruits which are treated with pesticides, that you eat cereals and other things which you consider them to be whole foods, I mean the healthiest thing possible, and they are all polluted in various ways, genetically modified, God knows what other things. You know, we all are more or less compelled to buy our food from supermarkets and similar places and to be able to identify the exact origin and quality of the food that you eat. Nobody is capable anymore. The food industry, the chemistry, the food chemistry has become so complicated that whatever you eat and drink is laced with chemicals. It's very far from the natural condition. And that's why with epidemic or no epidemic or fake epidemic or whatever you want to call it, we are living in a world which even starting with the food itself. Then we have electromagnetic pollution. Here in this little island where we live, every three kilometers or four kilometers, there are telephone masts radio masts, internet masts, antennas of retransmission, because we have signal everywhere where we go for the telephones and for the internet, you know, and it's not even the 5G. No, it's not even the big thing. When the 5G will come, there will be antennas on almost every house. There will be antennas every 50 meters around here to be able to connect you with this notorious 5G, and then the level of electromagnetic radiation. It's not enough that we live in a house and we have Wi-Fi routers and we have Wi-Fi mice for our computers, for our laptops, and we have all sorts of devices which talk to each other invisibly by Wi-Fi and so on. And we are bathed in radiation all the time, which is considered to be harmless. But if you think in a holistic way, even if you say it's harmless, it cannot be considered without effect. 
Some effect has to be, because otherwise it wouldn't exist. Only something which doesn't exist has no effects. Everything which is in existence, it has an effect of a kind or of another. And therefore, we are living, we were living, in a world which was becoming more and more difficult. To be a yogi like Geranda or like Svatmarama, some of the great yogis from the medieval Indian history, or like a tantric like Abhinavagupta, they had no internet, they had no 3G or 4G, they didn't have pesticides and fertilizers, they didn't have genetically modern, and a million other things. They were not surrounded. I'm living in a house, in every wall to my left and right and up and down and back and forth, there are electric wires which vibrate with 50 cycles per second. I'm in a cage of electric wires. So my aura is my energy field, whichever you want to call it, is interacting with those. And therefore, even in 2019, before these things would start, we were living in a difficult world. As air, as water, as food, as pollution of the environment, you know, I don't even want to go into conspiracy theories like chemtrails and other, you know. I don't know if somebody is spraying forbidden chemical substances on top of this island by the commercial airlines or something. That can very well be a silly conspiracy theory. But even without that one, we know that we are surrounded by a lot of impurity. Researchers in Canada, and Canada is a big country with a lot of forest and lake and a lot of nature. Researchers in Canada have determined that human beings nowadays, compared to 100 years ago, are surrounded by more than 80,000 new chemicals, synthetic chemicals, the painting, the dye, the plastic, the whatever. And those chemicals are around us on a daily basis. And a hundred years ago, our ancestors didn't have to cope with those. And for some of them, we simply don't know what effect they have or they will have. So as yogis, we had to contend with that already. On top of it, the mentality of the people is becoming more and more disturbed. As the modern political analysis shows, most of the political things which happen in Europe and in North America, they are shown to be subjected or to be subject to a philosophy which is called neo-Marxism. The European Union has raised a statue in honor of Karl Marx in the city of Ghent, where this guy was born or lived or whatever, you know. It's like, wait a second, I thought that Karl Marx was as bad as Adolf Hitler and as Satan himself. Karl Marx was supposed to be the epitome of the worst of the worst 100 years ago or 50 years ago. No? Now they are raising statues to him officially and they are honoring him. You know, And they are putting down the statue of Churchill or of uh, George Washington or whatever, but they build statues of Karl Marx. We live in a political and social environment which is quite bad, 
It's a left-wing neo-Marxism. It's a sort of artificial egalitarianism where stupid people have to be equal with the intelligent people by law, which in front of Mother Nature, they are never equal and they shall never be equal. And um, because of this, we live in a stupid environment. This uh, epidemic, planned epidemic, pandemic, or simple accident of nature, you know, we don't care to go into, again, conspiracy analysis at this point, this epidemic has shown a sad truth. There are a number, a percentage of people in every country which are opposed to vaccines, opposed, they consider that this is a fake epidemic which is hyped and amplified artificially, like, come on, man, it's not that bad, and so on. And unfortunately, it is shown that the majority of people 51% as in democracy, 50% plus one, they are easily manipulated and uh, in my humble opinion, they are stupid. Their IQ is definitely lower than 100, to put it in uh, more technical terms. And basically, the unfortunate conclusion of neo-Marxism and this uh, failed democracy which the Greeks have tried before the year zero. They tried for 500 years and they gave it up because it was a nonsense. And it will be demonstrated again to be a nonsense. And every intelligent people will say, why did you try it again when you could have learned from the Greek history that it was a nonsense and you didn't need to try it again just to bite the dust again. Uh, This failed experiment shows that we are in a world which is ruled by the stupids. The stupids are 50% plus one, and they run the world. The decisions are taken in their name. I don't know how you feel, but I, for one, am very displeased to live in such a world. I remember when I was young, that I read a book, and at that time I didn't read it, I just went through it quickly, diagonally reading, a book of Julius Evola called Revolt Against the Modern World. And I didn't understand why he and René Guénon and others, they considered that the modern world in the 1940s, 50s, it was so bad. Of course, there had been the world war and other bad things. You know, we live in a world full of violence and killing and other things. But still, I could not understand. Today, as I have grown older, and uh, if not wiser, then at least more experienced, that I've seen more things in my life, and I've been through more events in my life, I can say that they were right. I would write again a book, volume 2, of the book Revolt Against the Modern World. I think the modern world is revolting in many ways, and what's happening is revolting. I compare it with my teachers in yoga, with the spiritual people that I have known in my life. I compare it to the lives of the great yogis, Shivananda and Ramana Maharshi and Yogananda Paramahamsa and the likes of them. And uh, exactly as this saint Neri, 
from Italy was saying, I prefer heaven. No, I also say, I prefer Shivananda. I prefer Yogananda. I prefer this world of high spiritual practitioners compared to what's happening in the modern world. I'm very happy to use a laptop. I'm very happy to have access to a lot of knowledge via the internet. But it's hard to decide if that pays for all the rest of the nuisance. The world is run by a horde of barbaric, half-illiterate idiots who believe in Karl Marx and all sorts of stupid materialistic things. And um, I, as a yogi, don't feel very happy in this world. It's my world also. I deserve it. I'm karmically here for a reason. And all of you are. But again, I am simply saying that we always have to take the external world with a pinch of salt. If people start killing each other like they did in the Second World War, it doesn't mean that I have to join the war and also start killing people. If I believe in yama and niyama and in non-violence, even if the whole world is going in the Third World War and in the Fourth World War and in the Fifth World War, I will still cultivate ahimsa and not be part of that because it's a matter of principles. It's a matter of living according to some spiritual principles. So, I find the year 2021 very decadent. Going down the slope, typical a year of Kali Yuga, in which we have seen all the nonsense of people rising against each other on the basis of gender, like sexist movements. We have seen people rising against each other on the basis of the color of their skin, like racist and anti-racist movements. We have seen people rising against each other according to their medical status, like vaccinated people against non-vaccinated people and non-vaccinated people against vaccinated people. We have seen a lot of discrimination and nuisance resulting from all these. And if we are to listen to the great prophecies, it's not over. It's not over. If you dare to read the book of Revelation by the fact that I just finished the Gospel of Luke and we have been in full Christian environment. Some people even told me you should comment on the book of Revelation. My goodness, we are going to become a para-Christian sect if we do that, you know. It's like we are just going to go like the Amish or like some Jehovah's Witnesses or something. We are going to be a Bible study group here. And uh, of course we love our yoga and our thing, so we don't want to go exclusively into Christian scriptures or others. There are parallel prophecies done by Hindu saints, Sikh saints, Buddhist saints, and others from other religions, and it's very interesting to study all these. We read in the book of Revelation, as I was saying, that it's far from being over, that there will be different things without which you cannot buy or sell or travel, you know, like the QR code or whatever that symbolizes 
uh, that some people will have it on their hand or tattooed or something. Um, a lot of things which are similar to what's happening together. Even the ridiculous fact that on the normal barcodes, not the QR code, I don't know. Maybe it's on the QR code as well. But on the barcodes, uh, you have a 666. There are three pairs of bars at the left, right, and in the middle, which are exactly the digit 6 in the scanned version. So uh, on every barcode in this world, you actually have written 666. A number which is mentioned in the book of Revelation as being part of this phenomenon. And actually, if we read the book of Revelation, there things are going much, much more bitter. Like there is an event which seems to be a meteorite or a comet hitting the planet Earth like 65 million years ago with the dinosaurs, allegedly. And then it says, and then in the next days, one-third of the population of the world died. You keep claiming that COVID has killed 5 million people. One-third of the population of the world means 3 billion in three days. Like We haven't seen the big hurdles yet, I'm telling you. Things are going to get way more complicated. If on the background of this chaos, where Russia is pulling in its direction... China is pulling in its direction. India is overpopulated and it's pulling in its direction. The Anglo-Saxon countries headed by America and so on, they are pulling in their own direction. And other such things happen. If there is this chaos with should it be communism like in China? Should it be neo-Marxism like in Europe and North America? Should it be dictatorship like I don't know where to say, like in Belarus or wherever? Should it, What should be the answer? And if in the middle of all this, now they are afraid that Russia is going to attack Ukraine after the new year or in the period of the Christmas and new year. If on top of this we have a comet hitting the earth and killing 3 billion people, can you realize that all hell will break loose? Like here in Kopangan, when there is no electricity for 8 hours, we are lost. We are halfway gone in the Stone Age. My water pump is not working. I don't have running water in my house just because of a short lack of electricity. No? Can you imagine what will happen in New York if the electricity stops for one month? No? We are back to Stone Age. We are not even back in medieval times, because in the Middle Ages there existed counts and dukes and aristocrats, and there existed the church, and there existed an order of the society. But without electricity or food or with unclean air and unclean water, everything will go to hell in a week. It will not take a month. No? When the hurricane Katerina, Katrina, whatever, did come in New Orleans, in a matter of three days, there were gang rapes on stadiums. There were terrible things happening in a civilized country like America. And America had not collapsed all of it. Imagine what would happen if it does. Imagine what would happen if one of these major countries collapses and that the others will immediately try to take advantage. And then the book of the Revelation continues. 
And he says, it's not only this. After this one, there will come something else, which sounds very much like a global war in which dirty weapons are being used, like nuclear, chemical, biological. And then the book of Revelation calmly says, and another one-third of the world population disappeared in a matter of days. And then the air was not good, and the water was not good, and there was no food, and basically there resulted chaos. All the crazy apocalyptic movies that you see, like Mad Max or whatever, I Am Legend, or there are a hundred thousand movies which are supposed to happen in the aftermath of a nuclear war, even The Matrix, though the theme of that one is different. No? All those are show, I think they are a joke compared to what is really going to happen. If the man from the book of Revelation had a good clairvoyance, if God showed his ajna a good thing. So the fact that people complain about this pandemic, either it's a pandemic or a pandemic, a real pandemic, it's a joke. It hasn't even started. It's a pale beginning. Now, the fact that the events from the book of Revelation might happen in 300 years, and none of us here or online with me will catch them in our physical body, or we will be in the next incarnation already, children in another country with another name, with another body, this is very difficult to say, because it's restricted information. Jesus himself said that he cannot give the answer to this one exactly when. But, of course, if you see a comet hitting the earth, then you'll know that you are in the middle of it. And remember what the book of Revelation says. The book of the Revelation says, things then, after one-third of the humanity goes, and another one-third of the humanity goes, things are becoming so terrible, like the air is poisonous, the water is polluted, there is no food, and the little which is, is contaminated, and all the rest that the situation becomes unbearable. The living people will pray to the dead, saying, may you come out of the grave so we can go into the graves in your place. Like people who say, I wish I was dead this second. It will be so intolerable. Is it intolerable now that you have to resign from your job if you don't have a green certificate or that you cannot travel to the... United Kingdom, if you don't have a green card, or say this is peanuts. That's why we as yogis, we have to be very peaceful about these things, very detached. We have to focus on our quest, because it is obvious that the world is going crazy, but it's a test for us. How much do we resist to the world going crazy? And the book of Revelation concludes by saying the situation will become so unbearable that by divine grace, and we don't know how, if that's visible or not, maybe it's just a causal factor which twists something and then we don't see, but the clairvoyants could see it. By divine grace, the, this period of terrible ordeal has been shortened so that a few people can survive the chosen ones. And for their sake, like there will still be in this world some pure people, for their sake, God will say, okay, 
enough is enough. The karma was three times worse than this, but I can take away the rest, it's useless. You know, after you have nuked the whole planet, it's no need to nuke it the second time and the third time because 90% of the job has been done anyway. And it is said in the book of Revelation, John has seen that this intolerable maximum of the situation will last for 40 months, the equivalent of the time which Jesus spent on earth in his mission in Israel. He acted for three years and a little bit less than a half, 40 months, the equivalent of 40 days, but 40 months. And it is said that this inferno, this hell on earth, will last for three years and a half. So if you really are the paranoid type, I know yogis who are of this type, you just go somewhere and prepare yourself a bunker in a lonely place somewhere in the wilderness where you have food and water for three years and a half. That's the only way to be, even then, hordes and gangs and war and other things can come and invade you. But if you choose wisely... I was trying to warn people about what things were happening. I, for example, felt in 2006 that there was a huge risk of global war with this idiot George W. Bush being president and running his megalomania, his imbecile megalomania, because that guy definitely had an IQ much lower than 100. He was a total moron. And it's incomprehensible how the Americans could elect such a fellow as a president, you know. And I told to many yogis, and we even formed a sort of an emergency group called the Golden Tara, a sort of Tara being the saviors, you know, to do this. And when we had a scandal in 2018, you wouldn't believe it that on the sites which were made against Agama and so on, there came people who had a grudge against us from 2006, and they brought it up and they say, you know, these guys are, you know, like they said that there could be something. No, they brought up the whole story, but in a very damaging, in a very ugly way, where it has been just like, we haven't done anything. I don't have any bunker. I don't have any island. I don't have, you know. I was just trying to warn people that some things may turn bitter, exactly as it looks now. And um, therefore, a few years ago, I meditated and meditated, you know, and I took the position of Laleshvari in Kashmiri Shaivism, you know. The cosmic consciousness is acting on my behalf, and therefore I agree fully to surrender. If there is any meaning of the yoga that we do, of the spirituality that we teach, then may it be preserved and may it be useful in the golden age which may come in the future. If these things are going to happen in 300 years from now, and until then we keep on going lower, 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 and lower, like you think that today it's low, but it's not low enough, believe me, Um, then may the disciples of the disciples of your disciples have the knowledge of yoga and of tantra, preserve it, write it down, keep it useful for the humanity, and may it be useful to the humanity in the time when it is needed. And thus, 
Again, I'm not a prophet of doom. I, I'm not trying to say tomorrow there will be the end of the world or something. It could as well. But I agree to surrender to the beauty of the universal spirit. I just hope that uh, if things are getting more bitter, I'll manage to keep my peace and I'll manage to keep my inner light. I hope that I will still manage to share knowledge, to share love, to share detachment, to share spiritual joy, to share all the gifts of yoga and tantra with the people who are in my environment and who wish to share all these great spiritual gifts. And for the rest, I'm trying to be as little influenced by the world. If the world is run by neo-Marxistic baboons, orangutans, I don't want to have a part of that world, except in scolding it and correcting it. It's true, it's not very good. When Jesus scolded people, they crucified him. When Socrates was scolding the fair Athenians, they condemned him to drink poison with his own hand. So he was condemned to death. Therefore, it's not a very good job to scold the world and to have a revolt against the modern world. But unfortunately, I for one cannot be happy by what I see because I have lived, I have learned, I have read the life of Teresa of Avila. I have seen the life of Ramakrishna and I have read about Milarepa and a hundred other saints from various religions and none of them fits with what's happening today. According to all those standards and norms, what is happening today is upside down, it's polluted, it's ugly. And the fact that I can fly with 900 kilometers per hour with a jumbo jet or with a dreamliner doesn't fully compensate for what has been lost at the same time. That's why I think we the I think the spirituality remains like a beacon in the dark. I have seen in 2018 with surprise that most people which were on alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, and other drugs, they came out of the woodwork like cockroaches all around us, hating us bitterly. I didn't think there could be so much hate against the yogis and the tantrics from a yoga school. People were expressing hate and envy, which was visceral, And they called us uh, brainwashers, that we washed people's brains, and that we, you know, like all sorts of things, denoting a demonic anger, a demonic frustration. I wish that uh, if they will come bitter, I don't believe 100% in the book of Revelation, and I'm not saying, because every prophet made mistakes. For example, Nostradamus, predicted something weird for 1999. And nothing weird happened in 1999. Therefore, if Nostradamus can make mistakes, and the famous Baba Vanga of Bulgaria, 
if she was 75% accurate or 80% accurate, according to Lozanov, according to scientific communist parapsychologists who studied her prophecies word by word and line by line, and the private prophecies to people and everything. I don't believe that anybody has made 100% accurate prophecies because there is an amount of free will. There is. So I'm not trying to scare anybody with prophecies, but generally things are not moving in a good direction. And I think that when people say, what do you think uh, about 2021? It's just a milestone on this way down. We are going down year by year, and it's just another milestone. Is it the last? Is it the last but one? Will there come another 20 years of milestones? I have personal reasons to believe that we, or you, if I will not be in the physical body at that time anymore, are going to witness major events in maximum 20 years. That's my personal evaluation. Consider it a primitive prophecy performed by Swami Vivekananda Sarasvati in a satsang. But I feel that events going in the way they are going, we will have a showdown, we'll have some major showdown in less than 20 years. I may be wrong because I am not a clairvoyant prophet. For me, clairvoyance and opening Ajna Chakra and this, they are collateral in yoga. I'm very interested in parapsychology and paranormal phenomena like that, but they are not my ruling concern in life. So it's a collateral, exactly as astrology is a collateral for me. Like I know some astrology, but I'm not a fanatic complete day-by-day astrologer and other things. So in the same way, what I am saying here is that I see the year 2021 as a year of tests. In the Chinese calendar, this has been the year of the bull. And as the year of the bull, it is more stable. But wait a little bit until next Feb- until next year in February or so when we start the year of the tiger. Because the year of the tiger is a different story altogether. And um, so I think we may see very up and down events. I am appalled by the fact that the majority of the people is fooled by manipulation and propaganda, and they are obedient sheep to the people who manipulate. What has happened last this year and last year demonstrates that the majority of the people on the face of this earth, they can be used as cannon fodder, which they have been for the whole history, but you always hope that people will get more clever, but they don't. No, People have been used in so many ways, in so many ways, you know, and again, all the conspiracy theories are turned upside down and from left to right, you know, there are people who are claiming 
that uh, part of what was happening in the world was a Jewish conspiracy. Well, they vaccinated 90% of the population of Israel, and now they have a fourth wave and a fifth wave where people die like mice, because the vaccine has ruined their immune system, and now they are way more vulnerable, and just wait until the springtime to see what will happen then, you know? If it's a Jewish conspiracy, then why would the Jews poison their own nation? It's obvious that these things are happening by people who don't give a flying fuck on the Jewish nation and on the Jewish people, and they don't have any preference for them compared to others. And in this way, you can see that this is what's happening is a lot of Satanism. Jesus was right 2,000 years ago, when already at that time, with the Roman Empire and all the monstrosities which are happening, he has called Satan, the devil, the prince of this world. Jesus has unequivocally called the devil the prince of this So this world is ruled by the devil, temporarily. He has a lease on this world, and God has allowed it to happen, because that's how it is in Kali Yuga. And then people like Jesus and people like Francis of Assisi and people like Milarepa, they are persecuted and they are treated like they are public enemies. And thus, we definitely don't live in a bright world from a spiritual standpoint. Things may go more bitter. And I think, first of all, this destroys this beautiful illusion. We are free, Hollywood, glamour. Let's go to Las Vegas, play the roulette. Let's travel to Thailand and bathe on the coconut beaches. Takes, you know, And like all this Maya, this Maya, 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 in which we live in a world which is a mirage, which is a fata morgana from one end to the other, and you lose yourself into it. And when you are 70 years old and prepared to die, you sit down on your ass and you say, what have I done with my life? Now what have I got? What can I do? And then this neo-Marxism and materialism makes people less philosophical, less pe- makes people more afraid of death. This is how people are manipulated by the medical science, that they are completely paranoid that they are going to die. I have great news for all the people of the world. You are going to die. It's 110% sure. You will die. And the fact that you die one year later or one year earlier, it's a complete bullshit. It matters way, way more how you die, in what state of consciousness, and in what resonance, in what vibration. That you are going to die... No, you live two years more, and when you die, you shit in your underwear, and you vomit on your own chest, and then you die. Well, have a great party with that one. Good luck with that one, you know. Basically, we can see that the world is decadent from the standpoint of spirituality, and I think that that is... The, both the responsibility and the test of the spiritual people. Spiritual people have to test themselves if they can resist to live in the middle of so much stupidity, fear, materialism, egoism, and confusion, unspirituality, 
And secondly is the spiritual people should have the responsibility of the fact that the spiritual sciences and the spiritual knowledge has to be safeguarded like Shambhala did it wherever and like Atlanteans did it in Egypt and like, you know, the Tibetans were holding in their monasteries secret libraries and so on. Like, we have to save the spiritual science because at some point in history it will be useful. Maybe five years from now, maybe 15 years from now, maybe 150 years from now, maybe 300 years from now. I don't think, by the way of this, that these events will stretch more than about 300 years from now. I would rather think that we are going to see a big, big waves on the ocean of the world in the next 20 years, as I said earlier. So those of you who are young and full of energy and so on, be prepared. If you are the cautious, paranoid type, be truly prepared. If you are like birds living by the mercy of the elements, just surrender to God and simply say, my life is in the hands of God. Whatever God will choose will happen. Focus on your morality and ethics. Focus on your spirituality. Focus on the search of inner peace and of nirvana. Focus on the fact that there are people in this world who notice the nothingness and the vanity of the world and they would like to listen to you when you give them a message. There are people for whom when you are going to speak such words, they are going to resonate deeply in their hearts and they are going to say, yeah, my life is nothingness, my life is empty, my life is full of vanity and therefore I'm searching for something else. I am searching or something, I'm not satisfied with things as they are. And that's why um, I'm telling you all these things, because I think that already the year, the next year, could be more vehement, more agitated. And uh, I'm telling you one thing, until it's going to get better, it's going to get worse. As long as it doesn't get radically better, like in the end of those three years and a half when God says, okay, enough is enough. Now we are turning on the light. Until that time is coming, things are going to seem that they are going down. It's paradoxical that we live on a planet with internet and with dreams of space travel. We live in 5G and I don't know what other electric cars and so on, which drive themselves by themselves. And unfortunately, at the same time, people behave more and more chaotically. There is overpopulation. There is, of course, climate change. But why exactly that climate change happens is a big mystery. We're not going to discuss it here. Some people are trying to make you feel guilty that it's happening because of you that you are the ones who destroys the planet, no? while we forget that the CO2 levels have been three times bigger than they are today in the Jurassic times. At the time of the dinosaurs, the CO2 was creating huge jungles and forests and everything, because the more CO2 there is, 
the more the plants love it because the plants eat the CO2 from the atmosphere and they release the oxygen which they need the CO2. And a lot of CO2 means a lot of vegetation and a lot of life on this planet and it has happened before. And actually when the dinosaurs disappeared and the climate changed, then the CO2 plummeted down. Now everybody is complaining about the CO2. But actually life was abundant on this planet when there was a bit more of CO2 than now. And now somebody is trying to convince me that because I flew back and forth from Thailand to Romania 20 times in all these years, I have destroyed the ozone layer of the planet Earth or increased the CO2. No? All these autistic Asperger, Greta Thunberg idiots, I tell them to go back to school and to study a little bit better. No, because they have no concept of natural science and a lot of other things. So back to our story. Again, I don't think we have reached the lower end. We are like on a roller coaster and we are going down. And there will be a moment when the train will go like, woo, up again. But we haven't reached that bottom. We haven't reached. Remember, we have to go through three years and a half, apparently, of real severe time with Bad water, bad air, radiation, whatever, lack of food and everything. And then in those times you can imagine the vandalism, the violence, the darkness, the desperation, the confusion, the egoism, the, you know. And only then we are going to see the emergence of a brave new world. That's why I, for one, uh, although I do see a light in the end of the tunnel, and the light in the end of the tunnel is that Buddha Maitreya will come. And I'm so much longing to see Buddha Maitreya around. And Kalki Avatara will come. And I'm so much longing to see Kalki stepping on the face of this earth. And the Imam Mahdi will come. And I'm so much wanting to greet Imam Mahdi on the face of this planet. And Jesus will come the second time and maybe that will be the full recognition of the Messiah by the Jews as well. And I'm so much would love to touch the shoes of Jesus at least for a minute on the face of this earth. So there is a light in the end of the tunnel. The light in the end of the tunnel is that those who resist and who stand vertical, they will see God. Those who practice spirituality, they will reach nirvana and they will be saved. Those who reach enlightenment, they will graduate, they will finish an important cycle of evolution and they will be the winners of this cycle of the universe. They will be the ones that will take the prize. Therefore, I see a lot of light in the end of the tunnel. When I was young, I lived in a difficult country with difficult circumstances. And I know that even in difficult circumstances, people can have hope, people can see light, people can do spirituality, people can have spiritual success. And because of that, I am not a depressive thinker. I think the light is coming. I hope it's coming quickly. Because if it's coming in 200 years, I might be reincarnated back at that time. But I don't know if I'll remember everything which I'm telling you right now. So I hope that some of your disciples 
will still be in the world to teach me again the yoga which I taught to you so that I can come back to the knowledge which I had. So I'm not afraid if that's happening now or in 250 years or in the next 10 years or 15 years or whatever. But definitely my Gemini impatience, my Mercurian impatience would like it to happen soon. Like the Chinese curse or blessing which says, may you live in interesting times. No, this definitely can be very interesting times, although very challenging. But at the same time, I'm a stoic thinker, which means I'm ready to resist more pressure. And I am conscious of the fact that conditions on earth, could both the human conditions as the natural conditions, they could get worse before they get better. And that's why I uh, advise all of you to arm yourselves with patience and uh, look at the year 2021 as an exemplary year where the external conditions have become worse, but this has favored people to look inside and to go into their spirituality. And uh, I cannot curse the planet Earth by saying that I hope that 2022 will be even worse so that more people will turn to God and to yoga. I will not say that. I really hope that 2022 will be a brighter year. But in case it's not, I for one am prepared for that one as well and for others which may follow because I staunchly believe that there is a light in the end of the tunnel. And even when it seems like it's very far away, from the standpoint of your immortal soul and mine, 20 years or 200 years doesn't make much of a difference. And thus, I advise you all to use, if this is challenging for you, I advise you all to use this time to fortify yourself internally to destroy the stupid illusions and hopes which you have about the superficial things in this world to become more and more detached to look at the only source of happiness which is God made of Shiva and Shakti the Shiva and Shakti union is the only thing which is worth acquiring in this world Everything derives from that. And um, that's why we in yoga, we work around the new year. Christmas and especially new year are excellent opportunities for blessing the world, for charging ourselves up with good energies, for drawing the line and making the accounts of the previous year. All of you can say, Whatever spiritual things I have done in 2021, in 2022, I will double them up. I will go even more. And of course, if the world is going to be like a Hollywood Fata Morgana, yeah, it's going to be really difficult. Suddenly, if the world is wonderful, you're going to say, I wanted to do yoga, but the bloody world has absorbed me in a lot of beautiful attractions. If on the contrary, the world is going to be more dreary and more sad, 
then you will have no excuse. You know, you will just simply say, I was shown very clearly that the happiness is not outside, but inside. And therefore, I really hope that the spiritual people will use whatever difficulties may arise as a stimulus for spirituality and for expressing their own aspiration and longing. As a famous communist movie from Russia was saying it in the 1950s, there is a one of these proletarian movies, which is called, Thus the Steel Was Hardened. And basically it shows impossible conditions during Stalin and during the Second World War, when the Russians were pushed into insane conditions. And then, of course, after the Second World War, they said, this is how we became the strongest. This is how we became hard as steel, because steel needs to be made hot and cold and beaten, and, and then it becomes steel. No? So, in a certain way, as I told you, being a little bit of a stoic thinker in my own way, I think the world is lavishing itself a little bit too much in luxury and lack of effort. And I think a little bit of stoicism will develop some steel in the world, in the meaning that the spiritual practitioners can make themselves more resistant, stronger. Follow the signs of the time. If you are going to see any such signs like celestial bodies hitting the earth and disturbing its climate and geology, if you are going to see global wars with chemical weapons and biological, even this one is accused by some people of being a biological weapon used already. And if you see such signs, rejoice, because when you hit the rock bottom, you've got three years and a half and then you'll see Jesus. That's pretty good, I would say. That's pretty good. It's the herald of the goods to come. And thus, I think that such difficult years, they can be a test for our aspiration, focus, detachment. And a lot of good is coming. No, We had people who this year, they had very good things happening to them. We have people who this year they experienced Kundalini rising, higher states of consciousness, states of Samadhi. We have had people who have experienced great openings of their heart or of other chakras, a great understanding, a rush of aspiration, lots and lots of practice, either of Hatha or Kundalini or Tantra or other such things. And therefore, spiritually, I would say that the people who have focused on their task, they have done very well. And uh, I wish you all to continue. We in Agama have a retreat of Christmas and New Year, where exactly we use those 10 days from the 23rd of December till the 1st of January. We use to think about ourselves, to think about our souls, to think about our practice, to think about our aspirations and goals, 
to draw a line and make the accounts, close the accounts for 2021 and start new accounts for 2022, to bless the world, to ask for peace, to ask for positive conditions as much as possible because none of us likes bitter conditions and pain. And we can be, I can be stoic, but it doesn't mean that I like to be put in conditions where I have to manifest my stoicism or my Spartan resistance. And because of that, I invite you to use the last days of this year to meditate, to bless, to send positive energy. The world is in a more and more bitter condition. I was surprised to see even major religious leaders getting vaccinated or lying that they got vaccinated because in their case it's not possible to verify this kind of statement. It's always just a publicity stunt. And uh, the list could continue. And that's why um, the world is not in a good place but I hope your hearts and your souls are. Cry your aspiration to God. Give blessings and good thoughts. I would say that the more the darkness around you is increasing, the more your light is shining on the background of that darkness. And the teachings that you have, and the practice that you have, and the spiritual knowledge that you have, becomes more and more relevant, more and more important. I will not say anymore tonight. I just want, I was asked to make a study like, hey, how do you see 2021 and all that? I prefer to look at it from a spiritual and metaphysical standpoint, because obviously from many other standpoints, it has been a disappointment, a sad year. But I have seen around me people being becoming very happy spiritually and very open spiritually. And uh, that's the only thing which matters in a yoga school. So I wish you all all the best. I wish that we will see each other and be in contact as long as there will still be electricity on the face of planet Earth as long as the electric distributors will still work. I hope we'll see each other, we'll be in contact. I hope we'll go along the path together. And I hope we'll get to see the light in the end of the tunnel, because that light in the end of the tunnel is worth all the efforts and all the difficulties. And indeed, this is how one hardens the steel. I wish that your spiritual steel will become worthy of Shambhala, worthy of the Shiva consciousness, worthy of the second coming of Christ and all the other landmarks which exist in spirituality. May God bless you all and I hope to be with you in spirit forever in this wonderful reality.